Why we do it? Why we do it? I do it for the turn up. All right, I'm here with uh, Coach uh, Tim Floyd, the head coach at Jonesboro High School uh, in Clayton County. And, um, you know, I got to know Coach Floyd a few years ago. We played them. And uh, what always really impressed me about his teams was the sound, fundamental defense. And um, every time I play a coach, a good coach, I learn a lot. And um, I, I get convicted, like, hey, I need to run sound, fundamental defense. And so, Coach Floyd, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, for the listener out there, uh, can you give them your background, maybe where you went to college and, and, and your coaching road, coaching path? Okay. Well, uh, thank you for having me. And, you know, I went to Albany State down in Albany, Georgia, where I was born and raised. And, you know, from there, I moved up to this area uh, maybe 19 years ago. Um, went to North Clayton over with Coach Shockley for several years. Became the defense coordinator there. You know, had a chance to learn under him uh, before I got to Jonesboro. And you know, I've been at Jonesboro for ten years now, and ten years as the head coach. Speak a little bit about developing the program there at Jonesboro when you first got there, because um, I know that you had. I mean, maybe it was four or five years ago. You guys had a lot of success. Uh, just talk about building a program there in Clayton County, uh, the, the, the trials and successes that you've had. Okay, um, building here at Jonesboro, I always thought they had some, you know, pretty athletic kids. It was just a matter of, I guess, the right timing with the, the right mixture of kids getting here at the same time. And, you know, we, we wanted to make sure the kids that, you know, are supposed to be here did want to be here, and they, they uh, enrolled, and we focused on developing them. And just tried to just make sure the community bought into the program and, you know, back the kids. And once things got rolling, maybe the third year here, after, you know, a rough couple of first years of starting out, um, they got rolling, and more kids wanted to be here, and they bought into, you know, what we were teaching. And which is uh, we're going to coach you hard and we're going to love you hard at the same time. And, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to have, you know, a couple of real good seasons before we hit a big run in the uh, state playoffs, which, you know, that is funny. That young group that we started out with was able to they – were, they were a young group the first time we made it to the playoffs. And I think that senior class taught them you know, ins and outs and the things you have to do in order to, you know, be more successful than us. And they picked it, they picked it up and they stayed with it. And, you know, as when they were younger, you know, we took some lumps, but they, they stayed with it and improved, improved each year. And we just got better and better and just had that nice run. Um, and we, we had, we had a lot of good players, some division one players mixed in with some really good football players which, you know, I think was, was really the key to that and the coaching staff that put in a lot of work. Speaking of uh, Jonesboro High School, being there in Clayton County, um, what type of, you know, I think you guys, are you 6A, right? 5 or 6A? We're 5A now. Okay, so you were 6A and now you're 5A. Um, speak to the numbers of players that you have on your team and in school 
coaches on staff that you have? Okay. Well, we have we have we care maybe about 55, 60 kids each year. Um, and it's it's been a challenge to get coaches on staff. It's me and another coach um, that's been here for the past uh, three or four years. Um, but you know, we have other coaches that grew up in the county and that work in the county, just not in the building, which which is a challenge on his, of his own. You know, having to get out to the teachers and make sure the the, the guys are doing what they're supposed to do. You know, it helps to have more more bodies in the building, more coaches in the building to make sure that everything's flowing smoothly throughout the day. Um, and I say we have about, we care about 60 kids on the team. You know, some kids play both ways, and we try not to let the linemen have to go both ways. So, all right, so – I think that's kind of interesting, and I think there's a lot of schools out there like that because when we talk about trying to compete for a state championship at the 5A level, you're competing against schools that could probably have 20 coaches in the building on their staffs. And that's, and that's kind of how, you know, it's kind of like the difference between an Alabama and an uh, FCS school. You know, it's, it's, it's just the number of personnel that you have managing and help you manage um, how do you best handle that? I mean, there's two coaches in your building at a 5A school. You have 60 football players. How do you best handle that, and what do you do during the day to hold them accountable? Because I think, I think uh, what people don't realize is that coaches in the building is what holds the kids accountable um, from do, to do right. So, obviously – you're not in an ideal situation. You have two coaches on staff that are in the building. How do you try to uh, get people to help you with the kids in the building during the day? Well, it, it took some time to uh, build, I guess, build that rapport with all the teachers and, you know, constant emails. And, you know, when I get a, a free moment, I'm able to walk and visit classrooms and just let them know if they have – if they need me for anything um, with regarding a player, you know, I'll try to make it over there or I'll address it when I see the kid and make sure we don't have those issues again. And, you know, once they saw that I was serious about that, you know, they did not hesitate to, you know, let, give me a call or shoot me a text in class. And, you know, having the other coach in, in the PE department, you know, a lot of kids flow through his way. So we, we just kind of tag team it that way. He'll see most of the kids throughout the day because they're going into the PE classes. And I, I kind of handle it on the on the teacher end and when they're passing in the hallways. And just trying to, if something come up, if I'm available, just making sure we address it right then so the teacher know that, you know, we're, we're serious about it. But like I say, it, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of time because it's it's really not a lot of t- not a, not a lot of free time that I have because of the school day responsibilities, and it's it's been a challenge, but it's gotten better over the years because of the teachers have bought into that we we are serious about you know raising the boys into into young men and that we understand that the importance of academics and their behavior in the school. So, uh, speaking of that, like as a football coach. You know, there's a lot of coaches that go 
they might go to Clayton County schools or go to um, schools where it, where it'd be really hard to win a championship. But you but you've gone and you've stayed. What what is your goal? Because obviously your your goal is much bigger than winning a championship. What is your goal as a football coach? Well, I, um, my goal as a football coach is to help to to develop these these young men to give them the tools that they're going to need later on in life, you know, to, to be that special person in their community, to be that special husband, to be that special father. And, and ultimately, you know, be able to answer that question when, when our day come. Um, but now, of course, on, along the way, we told them that, you know, winning games is a part of our plan and winning a championship is part of that plan. But we, we must go a lot bigger than that. I think the the things that you know we try to teach that you're gonna need in life easily transfer over to the football field and vice versa. So but the, the goal is to help them 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line. Absolutely. And and that's <clears throat> and that's you know another reason why I wanted to talk to you on the podcast is because you and I kind of have the same vision. Um, you know, and, and I, I articulate it as, you know, football is, is a tool that God has given us to build men for Jesus Christ and, and to point them in the right direction. And those things that we can teach in football, the discipline, the integrity, the respect, um, the, the, the servant mindset, the hard work, uh, no excuses. Those are things that, that God will take as they grow older um, and, and, and grow it as they become husbands and fathers and leaders in the community, because I think one of the big epidemics uh, of, of our culture, there's a lot of complaints about our culture, but my biggest complaint is uh, daddies aren't being husbands and daddies aren't being dads. Um, and, and I think football is a great mechanism to demand excellence from these boys and show them the right way. Like how, what, what better way to teach a young man loyalty then to do it through, you got to be loyal to your team. You got to die to yourself and serve your team. And because there's just not a lot of great role models out for them in the music they're listening to and the movies they're watching and the social media. I guess as you, as me and you, our goal is to use the game of football as a tool to build men. What are some of the, you know, there's so many outside influences that it's just so hard for us to overcome. The music they listen to, the movies they watch, the social media what are what are your biggest trials from outside influences with your with your players? I would say one thing that really stands out is the the lack of fathers in a lot of the homes, or the the dad may not be, you know, providing that example. And you hit on it earlier. I think the the first thing we were well, one of the main things we. Um, get out there. I don't care what your circumstance is. You have a standard uh, to live up to. And, you know, regardless, you you still got to take care of this business. And, you know, this is how we're going to take care of business. And um, another big thing would be the social media. At this time, I need all teachers and faculty in the hallways or students to usher the children to take the parents. Again, I need all teachers and faculty in the hallways Usher all students into the second period class. I'm sorry again, Coach. That's all right. 
Um, the social media, you know, is a big part. Uh, I kind of monitor the social media myself and, you know, shoot them messages and make, make sure that they know that I'm watching. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the different things through social media, you know, once we get together and through our uh, weekly character ed meetings. Um, but I think, I think those are two of the biggest things. And we're, of course, the friends that are, you know, not, not involved in any activity. And, you know, speaking of social media, um, you know, I was talking, one of the players that we had graduated from Elkin in 2012, Isaac Rochelle, he plays for the, San, uh, not San Diego, the LA Chargers now. And Isaac has started a campaign where bottom line is it's either all weekend or all Sunday. You, you take the day off of social media. And what Isaac was telling me, he said, it's, he said it's a big time source of mental illness with kids because they get really depressed because they're on social media. Um, and, and they're seeing that other people have this and they're becoming envious and jealous and it's kind of making them depressed. And then the, the other evils of, you know, obviously the stuff that you and I see, um, you know, everybody talks about, you know, a big issue right now is, um, you know, I guess toxic masculinity and disrespecting women. Uh, well, all you have to do is peruse through social media and you can see just the disrespect of women all over it. And women are treated like pieces of meat and, and sex objects and things like that. And, um, so I think social media is a big one, and but it's hard for me and you because that's something mom and dad should be doing. Yeah, and I agree, and uh, I, I often tell them that we are, I tell the parents that we are here to help you, you know, how we can, but in in some instances, like you said, um, if mom and dad's not doing it, I, I, I take it uh, as a big responsibility of ours to make sure that they understand this. And, you know, bringing our wives around, showing them how we treat our wives and you know, some of the managers we have. Um, that's, that's something that we try to do to make sure that they understand that that behavior is not acceptable and you're going to have to answer, answer for that one day. But it's just, it's just it's a challenge. I know that, um, you know, I know that you're really connected well with Mike Roby and the FCA. Um, and I know, uh, speak to that a little bit and how you kind of lean on Mike um, there at Jonesboro because you're, you're at a public school. You can't sit there and preach Jesus Christ all day long. You know, uh, it's not allowed. But you are allowed to bring Mike Roby in and the FCA and things like that. How do you utilize Mike and FCA in your program? Well, I tell you, FCA, you know, has become a huge part of uh, – of our program. And I want to say it started several years ago, you know, the group we made a quarterfinal run with when they were freshmen and sophomores, you know, FCA stepped in and took about 40 or 50, 40 of those guys to FCA camp at Black Mountain. And, you know, they, they came back, uh, you know, different kids. Most of them came back different kids with a different meaning of, you know, football is a, a platform, and they just understood their relationship with God uh, more. And I say having having Mike Robin FCA, you know, did make the kids think about a lot of different things, and you know, it had, it allowed some students to step up in positions that 
you know, where we, I as a teacher cannot, you know, preach God. But I, I did take a, I, I told them that I, I really can't get into that all the time. But if you want to talk about it, you can come to me. But I'm going to show you through the way I live my life, you know, the goodness of God. And when I make my mistakes and when I flourish, you know, that God is still in charge of all of that. But back to the point, I think, uh, you know, having them coming in, we have a, a weekly character ed, a character building through FCA now, which is huge for us. It's helped our uh, FCA huddle in the school building, which meets before school, which is, it has been big. Um, a lot of the athletes, you know, attend those meetings. and. Some have even, you know, wanted to go to that Bible study. I think they have a Sunday Bible study for athletes that kind of formed off of that FCA um, relationship. And so a lot of the guys were going to that Sunday morning Bible study. And out of that, several kids have been baptized over the uh, past few years, which, you know, I, which that's really the one that made me smile the biggest. When Absolutely. Like that happened. You know, um, I get a lot of coaches, they ask me this question uh, because I constantly preach, you know, football is a tool to build men for Jesus Christ. And I'm at a Christian school. I can, I can publicly proclaim Jesus Christ to my players at all times. And they're like, Coach, I see what you're saying, but how would I do this at a public school? And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is like, how do you do this in a public school? And so, so I see, okay, I'm, you're leaning on FCA and Mike Roby and you have your character education. Um, and then, you know, like you said, you know, you're living your life, even though you can't necessarily proclaim Jesus all throughout the day, your actions and how you carry yourself can be a light in the world. And so the kids can see that coach is different and that's how I'm supposed to be. That's a man of Jesus Christ. And, and they're drawn to that. And they're going to remember that when they're 23, 24, 25. I also know that Jonesboro First Baptist is kind of connected with some of your players. Can you speak to that a little bit? As we, um, I say, we have several you know, students over the years that are, that are members of Jonesboro First Baptist. Um, matter of fact, the youth pastor, well, he's not the youth pastor anymore, but the youth pastor from there was, is one of the guys that come over and um, you know lead our character building lessons, um, and he give them his number if they want to talk about those things, and you know we kind of build from there. Now, one of the big things they have, the pastor at First Baptist have have really taken, I would say they kind of adopted Jonesboro High School along with uh, Mike Roby and FCA. And, you know, we have issues that that I like to say that's that's above what I can handle. You know, it's, they say we can give them a call anytime, and they, they gladly step in to help us out. But once, speaking on that, we had a kid that uh, something happened, and he didn't have any school clothes, so they sent out a text, and within 30 minutes, he had you know, enough clothes that he didn't have to wear the same outfit for a month. And that's, that's just been huge for us. And, you know, they, um, they host a, 
a couple of the members host a weekly uh, annual dinner for our rising seniors, and they they pour into their lives that way, in that manner too. And speaking on social media, kind of tying that together, when we sit down at the di dinner table, no one is allowed to have their phones out. We're gonna talk face to face with each other. No phones allowed. None of that that stuff's allowed at that dinner. You know, um, it's pretty cool what we're talking about because, um, you know, I do a little Bible study podcast with my defensive coordinator on uh, Wednesdays, and we call it transformational leadership. But what I mean by transformational leadership, really what we're trying to do is transform young men uh, and also ourselves, right? It's a constant process growing in Christ. But, and it's like, it's simple things that, that seem simple to me and you, like, you know what, you're sitting down with a group of people at dinner you don't have your headphones on and your cell phone out. And uh, people think that are older like me and you, well, yeah, that's common sense, but it's not common sense to these kids. And um, yeah, one of my players was uh, at the University of Central Florida on an official visit. And his recruiting coach told me that he had to go tell him to put his cell phone up while uh, the head coach was talking to him. That was completely embarrassing for me. Uh, and... <laughs> But, yeah. um, what you're teaching them, it seems minuscule, but it's vitally important. And so that leads into my next question. Just with all the, the trials that you could have there at Jonesboro and, and, and the different, different things you see out of kids, what's your biggest, not football success story, but kid success story uh, in your career there at, uh, at Jonesboro? Uh, my biggest kid success story, I would have to say, you know, we had a kid you know, that was on the football team, but this kind of happened outside of football. You know, he had a lot of issues at home, you know, dad in and out of prison, mom bringing him back every time, and that, that relationship was just rocky. I think he kind of battled with uh, a little depression, but – one day he just he just he came to me, coach. You know it's time that you know I, I really changed my life, and you know he was he was ready to um, you know take the next step with his relationship with God, and he actually ended up being one of the FCA leaders, and he went on to get baptized at First Baptist Jonesboro. Now he's wow. off doing well at school, so you know it's. It's several stories like that, but that would kind of stick out to me, you know, a lot. And especially when I hear from him, you know, from time to time, Coach, I was just struggling with this. And I knew you could probably help me out, even if it's just a joke or whatever we may talk about. And, you know, that's, that's really one of the things that stand out the most. Well, to me, that's, that's the most important thing. And that's, that's why I wanted to ask you that question, because, you know, as coaches – it's it's we're always judged by our performance. We're judged by our records. Uh, we're not we're not judged, and nobody even asks the story that you just told right there. And then on the on the opposite end of that, you have everybody complaining about kids and the culture and this and that. Uh, but it's it's men like you uh, and who are out there on the front lines and uh, in, in the battle in the war um, out there changing. And, and whose God is using to change and transform the hearts of, of these young men. And so everybody's like, everybody, to me, like everybody's waiting on the government to fix our problems. But to me, uh, 
you're you're fixing our problems by by investing in these young men, helping them. And and so the goal is here's a kid who who had a dad that's in jail and had a dysfunctional family. And he he met Jesus Christ. God transforms his life. Statistically, he was supposed to go on and be a jail person himself later on in life and be an absent father, absent husband. Uh, But now looks like he's tracking in the right direction to be a faithful husband, loving father and man who will impact the community for Jesus Christ. And, And that's how the culture is transformed. You know, one heart at a time, one soul at a time by men like you who are on the front lines. Um, in the war each and every day. And, uh, man, that's very encouraging, uh, for me. So I, so kind of moving back into football, if, if I, there's coaches out there and they're going to go take a program, uh, like the one that you have there at Jonesboro, what are, what are two or three things that you would tell that coach before he takes that program? Um, some advice that you would give him. The the first thing I would tell them is you have to love the kids more than you love the game. And I think that's that's something that took me some time to, you know, some time to understand and some time to pick up because it's, you know, coming out, we got to win. We got this plan to put this plan in place to go and win a state championship. But, but dang, this kid, he, he didn't eat last night or this morning. And so you just, I think the first thing is you got to love the kids more than you love the game. And secondly, I think you have to set the example, be the example for the kids. They're watching you no matter what you say. I mean, you have to love them. You have to show them that you love them. They're watching, they're watching you interact with your kids. They're watching you interact with your, your wife if you're married. They're asking you. They're watching you when, you know, things are going good in your life. They're watching when things are not going well. So uh, first is, like I say, love the kids more than you love the game. Second is be the example for them because they're they're watching everything. That's exactly exactly right. How – and and, and speaking of that, so then you get into – all right, well, we got to get in the weight room and we got to have a great weight room program if we're going to win. Do you get a lot of buy-in from your kids uh, um, or, or, or is your school set up so that your kids work out during the day or do you have to bring them in the morning or after school? Uh, how does that work for you during the school day? We have to live after school. So even um, it's, it's, it's kind of been a challenge, you know, getting – getting the kids in the weight room during the school day for different reasons. So we have to live after school. And, you know, the challenges uh, come when they're doing other sports. So, Absolutely. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we – and, and it, it's, it's just all a challenge. But most, I guess, the core gets buy-in to what we're trying to do. Even if they're doing another sport, you know, some of the coaches have um, – actually stay late after their practice so that kid or those those kids can come and get in the weight room which which I try to tell them you don't have to do it because you need to get home to your family but he said I, I worked that part out and you know these kids want to get in and lift so I'm, I'm gonna be there to help them out uh, that's that's just that's a challenge that I've been you know working with and trying to 
get fixed over the past several years. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, last question. Um, what, so what is that, how's that transfer over to your summer development? I mean, is it hard to get the kids there? What kind of incentives do you have? How do you get them there? Things like that. Uh, over summer development, we, they get here over the summer. Um, and I, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to toot my horn, but I think they want to get here and be with everybody. That's one of the, I think that's the biggest thing. They want to get here and be with everybody. They want to work with everybody. They want to, the interactions we have. Because we, we do get a, a chance to do a lot of things outside of working out. And I think they, they really enjoy that part. And I think they also, you know, come for the lunch that we, the lunch pro, some lunch programs that we, you know, have now been able to get it, get it uh, on campus. But the biggest thing I was I would say is they understand, you know, you gotta get stronger, but the, it's it's really the interaction, the time we we spending together up here for those few hours. And um and your and your eleven this would be my last question. I keep saying it's gonna be my last oh, no question. No problem. And <laughs> your and your in your time there, I know you've had some big time players and some even the NFL right now. Who are your top guys? the past 11 years and I, I know I know Cam Sutton's in the NFL now I think you have some others who are uh uh can you speak to that well, NFL wise from Jonesboro uh Cam Sutton is the only one okay you know, there's a couple of kids from North Clayton that I that I coached before I got to Jonesboro which would be uh Cal Love at Carolina Panthers and Morgan Burnett with the Cleveland Browns um and I guess over the past several years, you know, we, we have, I guess, several Division One kids um, at Kentucky. Um, kid that was at Clemson would end up transferring. And, but we, although we have those kids, we mainly have a lot of kids that's, I guess, mid-major. Right. And I'm really proud of them getting out there, getting their education. Absolutely. I, th I think Cam Sutton's the one that um, I, I just knew that he – I knew – what was his second-round draft pick out of Tennessee? He was third um, round. Third round, yeah. And so I, I knew I knew a Cam. And um, So, well, Coach, man, I really appreciate it. And um, at the end of our podcast, I always pray for the coach, if you don't mind. Um, uh, I, I, I welcome it. I thank you for what I needed. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> all right. Thanks for being on, Coach. Let me pray. Lord, we come before you today. I just want to praise and thank you for loving us. Praise and thank you for um, your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, I praise and thank you for Coach Floyd and what he's doing there at Jonesboro. Uh, Lord, how he's investing in the boys, using the game of football to invest in the boys and show them uh, what, what godly uh, manhood, uh, biblical manhood looks like. We, we praise and thank you for uh, men like uh Mike Roby and FCA for uh, their involvement there. We praise and thank you for First Baptist Jonesboro, who is willing to invest in the program there. We just pray that you would continue to be with Coach Floyd and, and, the, and the men and women at Jonesboro High School, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just be present, uh, Lord, and young men and women uh, would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Coach Floyd. Hey, thank you.
hope is found And He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still, when striving cease my comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand
Until he returns or calls me home And here in the power of Christ I'll stand Here in the power of Christ we stand